Okay, so in today's Daily Cyber uh, Podcast, I'm going to be discussing the basics about the coronavirus. What I'm hearing companies are doing, uh, for example, restricting travel, uh, asking employees to work from home, educating their employees on not going to events with more than 10 people, and just much, much more. So let's hack at it. Okay, so let's get right into it. Uh, the coronavirus, uh, a large family of viruses that cause illness ranging from the common cold to more severe diseases such as uh, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, uh, in brackets here it's MERS uh, COV, and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, SARS-CoV, uh, a novel uh, coronavirus, NCOV, is a new strain that has not been previously identified in humans. Uh, coronavirus are uh, zoonotic, meaning they are transmitted between animals and people. Uh, Details investigation found that SARS-CoV was transmitted from, uh, I think it's civets, cats to humans, and, and MERS-CoV uh, uh, from dormitory uh, camels to humans. Uh, several known uh, the coronavirus are circulating in animals that have not yet infected humans. Common signs of infection include respiratory syndrome, uh, fever, cough, shortness of breath, uh, breathing difficulties, and e even more severe uh, cases. Infections can cause pneumonia, severe acute respiratory syndrome, kidney failure, and even death. Some of the standards uh, and standard recommendations to prevent infection spread uh, include regular hand washing, uh, covering your mouth, your nose when coughing and sneezing, thoroughly cooking meats and eggs, avoid uh, close contact with anyone showing signs or symptoms of respiratory illness, such as coughing and sneezing. Uh, this reference that I'm reading right now is from the World Health Organization, uh, and I'm going to be reading some more things just to kind of give you the basic insight of what's going on. Uh, with the coronavirus, so we can really kind of talk about the whole situation. So one of the other articles I was reading, research first isolated a coronavirus in 1937. They found a coronavirus responsible for an infection bronchitis virus in birds that had the ability to devastate uh, poultry stock. Scientists first found evidence of human uh, coronavirus HCOV in the 1960s in the nose of people with the common cold. Two human uh, coronavirus are responsible for a large por uh, proportion of common colds, and uh, they call it OC43 and 229E. The name coronavirus comes from the crown-like projection on their, on their surface. Corona in Latin means halo or crown. Uh, among humans, corona infection most often occurs during the winter months and early spring. People regularly became ill with a, with a cold uh, to a coronavirus and may catch the same one about four months later. This is because the coronavirus antibodies do not last for a, a long time. Also, the antibodies for one strain of coronavirus may be uh, ineffective against another one, so it grows. Uh, symptoms, again, uh, from this article are cold, flu-like symptoms, usually set in from, uh, from two days to four, uh, after the coronavirus infections are typically mild. However, 
the symptoms vary from person to person, and some forms of the virus can be fatal. Uh, symptoms of cholera include, and we just kind of went over this, sneezing, runny nose, fatigue, cough, uh, fever in rare cases, sore throat, uh, exacerbated exer- uh, uh, asthma. Scientists cannot easily uh, cultivate human coronavirus in the laboratory, unlike the, uh, I think it's coronavirus. Uh, which is another cause of the common cold. This makes it difficult to gauge the impact of the coronavirus on national economics and public health. Uh, there is no cure, cure, so treatments include self-care and over-the-counter medication. People take several steps, including, and I'm just going to read out some steps that people are taking just to kind of stay healthy, resting and avoiding overexertion, drinking enough water or lots of water, uh, avoid smoking and smoking areas, taking uh, aspirin, ibuprofen, uh, naproxen for pain and fever, using clean humidifiers or cold mist vaporizers. Uh, a doctor can diagnose the virus responsible by taking a sample of the respiratory fluid, such as mucus from the nose or blood. And this reference is from uh, the medical news, uh, which I'm going to have it below, so you can t- uh, take a look at that. Now, some preventive measures that you know I was reading myself again: uh, washing your hands frequently, uh, practice good respiratory hygiene, and how to deal with stress. Uh, and that was actually a really good one with the World Health Organization when they're talking about you know these areas. So washing your hands pretty pretty simple. Uh, respiratory and good respiratory hygiene is if you have a cold or you have a cough, make sure that you you know you cover your mouth. Uh, as you're coughing and then you go wash your hands. Uh, one of the articles or posts I've seen, imagine you have like um, hot sauce on your hands and you don't want to rub your eyes. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go wash your hands. So kind of keep that analogy. If you cough on your hands, you go wash and clean them. So all this references, all this information is going to be below. Uh, I wanted to kind of get us on the same page. Uh, they're saying the lifespan on surfaces uh, for the coronavirus can be anywhere from up to nine days where it can live on a surface. So again, if you're touching different surfaces out in public, be careful. Now let's talk about the cybersecurity implications because now we're on the same page and kind of see this is increasing. Uh, I also also provided in uh, the description below, uh, there's a live uh, ticker letting you know uh, the impact, you know, heat maps, anything along that line talking about, you know, where... Uh, the coronavirus is, how it's doing, you know, how people are starting to recover from it. Uh, I think it's important just to kind of keep an eye out. Now, I want to be clear, this is not uh, a video on, you know, end of world, end of days kind of thing. I just want to give you some education because when it comes to cybersecurity and what we're talking about, there's a lot of changes that are happening with companies. First and foremost, as I said in, in the starting description, is that People are starting to be asked not to go on vacations, right? And if you go on vacations, when you come back, you're going to be quarantined. Uh, the company's going to set us set aside some sort of quarantine that you can't come to work. You have to stay home uh, and you have to potentially get a note from your doctor saying that you're clear to come back to work so that you don't spread the coronavirus throughout the, you know, the company. Uh, don't go to events with more than 10 people. So if there's a networking event or anything along that line, 
don't go to that event. Make sh- uh, and you're starting to see even more now with conferences. Uh, more and more conferences are starting to be canceled. I was at a networking event last night. Yeah, I, I was with a, a group of more than 10 people. I didn't really, and I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really kind of taking the coronavirus and what's going on seriously. You know, I get it that people are getting sick and it's, you know, it's, you know, I think it's like two, three, 2%, 4% of the population. I mean, I was thinking, okay, it's a common cold. People, you know, they'll come out, they'll start, people will start to kind of recover and everything within will be fine. I'm starting to see as I'm going to networking events and talking to companies and, and seeing the severity and how, how, what people are really the measures that they're taking. And going back to what I'm saying, you're going to events, you're talking to people and they're saying like, you know, don't go to an event with more than 10 people. And then uh, make sure that uh, I'm just trying to think that your vacation, your travel plans are going to be canceled until this is cleared up. Uh, If you do go and like it's a personal vacation, all that, and you get approval, then you potentially are going to be quarantined when you get back. Uh, Companies are looking at remote work now. Uh, there, are, uh, some companies are starting to look at getting people to work from home. So talking about security there, when people are working from home, now you got to make sure that they have a VPN set up, that their computers or whatever they're using at, at home are up to date, patched properly, been, you know, have an antivirus, anti malware. So all these things have to be, and then you got to look at their, their internet connection. Is it secure? Has it been properly set up? So all these things that have to be done to make sure that the security now is up to date and that it meets the company standards because some of these employees potentially, and this is just me kind of thinking this through, probably haven't been set up to work from home, right? Where you probably have some, you know, a, a percentage of your employee employees that are set up to re- work remotely. They travel, you've got them, they have a laptop. But now as this starts to go to a bigger demographic of your employees, probably a, a lot are not set up and ready to go for uh, working from home securely. So now you, we have to go through the process of making sure they're up to date, making, asking them what, you know, what system they're using. Are they using an old you know, Windows XP system uh, that they haven't patched in a while? They don't have an antivirus and any you know, malware because it doesn't matter. They don't have a VPN connection to secure the data that's being transferred. So now you have to look at, okay, we have to update all that or get them to update it before, you know, they can start working on any company uh, information, any documents, any data to make sure the confidentiality uh, and the security is met. So I get it when it comes to colds and flus and looking at people's health. I totally get it. We also have to look at the implication, uh, implica- implications of the security uh, of what's going on. So this is where it's so important to look at, you know, both sides of this. And don't get me wrong; I'm not saying companies should, you know, make people work and make people come to the office. It's just these are measures that now companies have to think about. And I'm seeing that it's a discussion point now especially last night, people were talking about it. like, okay, well, you know, we got to look at, make sure that with VPNs, we got to make sure our policies are up to date. We got to make sure that, you know, each department is up to date and they're aware of what it means to work from home, right? Not just they're getting their work done, but their technology. And I mean, on my side, the security aspect of it, of making sure that their systems, their phones, their laptops, their iPads, their tablets are all secure. So whatever they're working on, 
there won't be an opportunity for them to be breached or compromised from them working from home. So some of the measures we need to take is, you know, start doing an audit. You know, if this is starting to go to the, the, to the situation where people are now going to be asked to work from home for health reasons, well, now we have to do an audit as quickly as possible to see what is your system? Do you have an update? Uh, there's probably, and I, trying to think of this, there might be tools that you can scan for inventory, but then you have to get their permission. Can we scan your computer at home? Because it might be personal information that they don't want to do that. So now you have to look at, do you have to give them a designated laptop, you know, that they have to work up, work from that is meeting the, the corporation or company standards of security. It's up to date. It's patched. It has antivirus, any malware, has a VPN connection meets all you know the requirements that now you have to ramp up so everyone has it so they can start working from home and have access to do their job because there's the other thing that's a it's it's to be mindful of is when these things happen you want to make sure that the employees are efficient you don't want to start affecting the business itself and the functionality right so these are things that it was interesting talking uh yesterday at the network meeting and seeing the severity of the coronavirus because for me i'm hearing it on the news you know i always i was making jokes with a, a couple of friends the coronavirus corona it's like you know a beer you know is it really that serious kind of joking around a bit just because i know it's not affecting me i'm you know currently right now self-employed so my connection a lot of times is online i have a few networking meetings that i go to and events and, and meeting clients but very you know intimate connections. So it's not 10 people in a room or an environment, but when I go to networking meetings, yeah, I can, I, now I understand that and seeing that people, you know, some people have colds and flus. So I get it now. I get, you know, why people are taking it serious and starting to take measures and then looking at, you know, the impact, right? Like, you know, you look at the, the death toll and people passing away from it and all that. So I get it that, you know, there's a concern there and there's something that we have to be mindful of. Uh, and just be cautious. And I think, you know, in my opinion is do the steps that you need to do as well on the health side. Make sure you get rest. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you hydrate. Make sure you're eating proper food. And, and one of the articles below uh, in the description, they talk about, you know, proper food maintenance. And that was from the World Health Organization, uh, World Health Organization talking about food care, food prep, you know, taking care of yourself, how to eliminate and reduce stress. Right? Doing all that because if your body's under stress, you know, the, the chances of you getting sick or catching a cold, it can be higher. So making sure you're taking care of yourself, you're exercising, you're working out, you're de-stressing, you know, and all those measures, especially when we're working in cybersecurity and IT, it's a very high pressure job because there's a lot to do, a lot going on. So the potential for someone to get sick can be higher uh, in that type of role. Right? Just because you're working so hard, there's so much to do. So you need to take care of yourself. So I really want to just kind of cover that and talk about that and, and start the discussion, see what you guys think, because I think it's so important to have this discussion, not only about the virus and the health, but also, you know, what are we doing on the technology side? You know, looking at people working from home, people, you know, securing themselves. You know, what do you do if you have this massive change? I know you know, maybe there's a percentage of your employees that do work from home, but now what if 80%, 90% of your employees work from home? Like, how does that affect you? You know, do you have 
the systems in place? Do you have the processes in place? Do you have the policies and procedures? Have you set up your employees for success to be able to do that? You know, have you set up your security measures to be able to do that? Uh, can your tools audit from, uh, from your office, from your location, head office or whatever, to local PCs? And do you have the permissions? Do you have you set up that uh, policy in the employee handbook and the security policy and accept all you use policy? Have you set those policies up that employees know that if they're going to work from home, the PC that they're going to use or computer they're going to use needs to be up a certain standard and needs to be audited something just to have a conversation about. And I'd love to hear what you think. So that's it kind of about the coronavirus. I'd love to hear your comments, uh, what you think. Uh, comment below wherever you're seeing this or listening to this. Uh, again, like I said, I'd love to hear just your feedback, what you think, because uh, it's so important to have this conversation, kind of see where we're going. And maybe even there's, there's things that I'm not covering that you're seeing that you want to add into uh, the discussion. So uh that's it for the coronavirus. And I just want to catch you up on what I'm working on. Uh, this week has been very interesting. I had a couple meetings. Uh, I met with uh, CISO this week just to have a discussion about the industry and what's going on. A really great discussion kind of opened my eyes, threw me for a little bit of a loop personally because you know, I was looking at okay, my direction, my path and what I was getting into. And they opened my eyes to, okay, well, maybe that's not the right path. Maybe you need to go this way because of the, how it's looked at in the industry, how professionals look at you. And I was like, you know what? Totally makes sense. And I totally understand and appreciate their insight and what they were providing. And it made sense, you know, and I, I, I have to think about and it kind of threw me off this week is to think about my path and my direction in the cybersecurity industry and what am I doing to further my career, but also be an asset for companies. Because, I mean, one of the two uh, paths that were brought up in this conversation was, you know, pen testing. You know, being you know a great penetration tester, but the long hours and the amount of work you need to do to become a pen tester, and then the other side was more managerial governance policies procedures. But you need to have years of experience working the real world to be able to implement that in a real way that companies are going to appreciate because they're going to want to rely on you to say, "Have you done this?" and for what company have you done it and what are the bottlenecks what are the challenge you've run how did you how did you solve that and you have to have real world experience which i completely appreciate being in it for so many years that people want to know not only that okay you have theoretical knowledge but do you have applied knowledge have you done it right and do you understand it like can i come to you and say hey brandon um we had a breach uh pci breach uh pci dss uh, which is payment card uh, infrastructure data security systems. Uh, and did we have a compromise that way with our interact or, you know, our e-commerce, you know, what do we need to do? What's our uh, call of action? What's our instant response? What's our remediation? Have you ever dealt with this? And you have to be able to say, if you're working in that environment, yes, I've dealt with this. This is what we need to do. All right. And, and we need to act on this, this, and this. And here's, you know, our immediate, escalation and a remediation and then we're going to do a debriefing after to find out what happened you know how this occur and then what are we doing going forward to make sure that this is not going to happen again so these things have to be thought about and real world and i mean for me personally i have exposure to 
incidents of IT, but when it, and, and, you know, compromises on a IT base when I was like working for the Ontario government and doing support on that side and compromises and outages happen there. But when it came to security, I don't have that exposure and it's just because I don't have that access. I don't have that ability and it's that catch 22. Right? You got to learn the knowledge and the theoretical knowledge, but you also have to get the applied experience and getting that experience. I mean, you have to do it and you have to get the opportunity to be able to do that. And some, and most companies understandable don't want to give you the opportunity because they need something that can do the work right now. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And it threw me for a little bit of a loop and reminded me that I had to reframe my vision of what I want to do in cybersecurity and it's constantly this, it's education, it's providing value, it's providing knowledge on the cybersecurity industry, learning, uh, getting out there, helping people and companies understand the cybersecurity landscape, uh, the maturity model, having discussions, connecting them with uh, great solutions, be it uh, managed security service providers or VARs, channel partners, uh, manufacturers. That's where I love to be and this is where it's really passionate for me to be in that kind of environment to keep that conversation going and to learn about new technologies and, and, and get out there. So I'm trying to stay on my path, but the, the challenge for me and, and be transparent is I got to budget out like the cost of, you know, every, everything, you know, an overhead and ma managing everything myself. So I'm kind of out there. I'm hustling right now, getting out there. But that's kind of where my mindset is. And I'm and I'd love to hear where you're at when in your cybersecurity path and journey. What are you looking at? If you're an expert in the field, kind of what you're what are you doing? You know, what do you see? And then if you're breaking into the industry, you know, and you're trying to break into a career, you know, what are you doing? What's what's happening on that front? So I'd love to hear that because I think the collaboration is really going to give us insight on our direction or our path. Because I've mentioned this before, I get, you know asked, Hey, Brandon, I'm in the cyber, I'm wanting to transition into the cybersecurity industry. What do I need to do? And just like I'm hearing is there's certain paths you got to focus on, which is the huge kind of uptake on education certification. Uh, if you're not in, in getting a degree, uh, getting your degree in cybersecurity, but then real world experience in that area and sweat equity of trying to get it. All these things is going to make you a really good cybersecurity professional, but it's getting there. It's, you know, breaking down the doors, you know, getting that, that's, you know, skill set. Sometimes it's volunteering. Sometimes it's, um, you know, working on a co-op, working for nonprofits, whatever that means to get that experience. So that's kind of what I'm looking at too. And as I share what I'm learning and what I'm doing, hopefully it's helping you as well. If you're transitioning to market or transitioning to cybersecurity or looking to for a job, hopefully this is helping because these are the things that I'm hearing and what's going on. So I know that was a lot of information about, you know, the coronavirus and what I'm working on. I just wanted to kind of give you some insight. So I'm going to finish the video off there. I just want to remind you, uh, don't forget software is hackable, being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next daily cyber podcast.